Listening to Global IQ Minute with Jim Falk, a World Affairs Council conversation with authoritative voices discussing significant newsmaking issues and individuals. Sponsored by Greenberg Traurig, LLP. Since March 2016, Armando Varicchio has served as Italy's ambassador to Washington, a city he knows well as he previously served from 2002 to 2006 as head of the embassy's economic trade and scientific affairs section. Following graduation from the University of Padua with a degree in international relations, the ambassador joined the Foreign Service in 1986. For much of his career, he has focused on transatlantic issues, which is the subject of his remarks later today to members of the World Affairs Council. Welcome, Your Excellency, to Global IQ Minute. Thank you very much for having me here. So this past Sunday, Italians went to the polls, and early indications are that voter turnout was higher than in recent past. And in nearly every article that I read describing the results, the word complex was used. Can you help us decipher what we might expect as attempts are made over the course of the next few weeks, maybe months, to form a new government? I think the complex is a fair definition of what the results have been. According to our electoral law, it has been confirmed that no single party will have enough seats in parliament to form a government. So when the president will have his meetings with different political parties, I think that the most favorable scenario will be to, to form a coalition government. But where this is not a typical Italian feature, because what we have been seeing in Europe throughout the year, we had elections in most European countries, is that the fact that in all these countries, coalition governments have been formed. But the way the very day that Italians had their national elections, the German Socialist Party ended up agreeing to form a coalition government with the center-right uh, Christian Democrats. This took five months in Germany. I think I can be very confident in suggesting that these consultations among political parties in Italy will last definitely less than five months. Now, a relatively new party, the Five Star Movement, has a major position. Give us a better sense of what is the philosophy behind it. I've read that among items in its party platform is elimination of the euro, reduction in defense spending. Is that an accurate assessment? According to the leader of the party, Luigi Di Maio, who, by the way, today wrote an open letter to one of the major Italian papers, these initial indications that were quite strong in the political platform years ago do not necessarily match now the new five-star movement. By the way, the moment a party gets more than 10 million votes, by definition, it turns into a party that has to take on board much broader issues. Nobody really wants to leave the EU. Nobody really wants to undermine the major international obligations of Italy, including our contribution to collective security. Mm -hmm. But this party, as long as other new parties in Europe, has sensed that uh, traditional forces, traditional platforms, do not represent anymore the general mood. So there is a need of a little bit of fresh thinking, but I'm sure that this will be done within the major cornerstone of what has made Italy one of the most stable countries in Europe after World War II. It might sound somewhat uh, ironic, my comment, since we had 64 prime ministers a few decades, 
But irrespective of the numbers of prime ministers, irrespective of the numbers of government, the major components of our foreign policy and economic policy never changed. And as we see, governing is very different than campaigning. I've heard you speak before about how Europe is entering a, a new phase, and so much of your career has been involved in working on a strategy to integrate Europe. And I believe you're concerned about perhaps a reversal of that, perhaps even a dismantling of these traditional institutions. I wouldn't use the word dismantling, but I think that's a clear indication that we have to take from the results of recent elections in Europe, including in Italy, turns to the fact that what we have been building for years cannot be given for granted. There is a need to engage, there is a need to strong political determination, and there is a need to explain better, I think, to our citizens that it is in their interest to deepen our integration because there is no single country in Europe in terms of size, in terms of population, in terms of the economy, in terms of geography that has the possibility to solve on its own the major challenges we are confronted with. The only possible solution to all these challenges comes from a more integrated Europe. At the same time, this integration cannot be decided only within closed rooms in Brussels has to be considered closer to our citizens. Our leaders in Europe have to become more accountable, and there is a need to further opening up the decision-making process. The more we're doing so, the more we are able to explain what we're doing to our citizens. And I think that this is something that cannot be delayed any longer. You know, it has been said that we should ignore President Trump's tweets and focus more on the president's actions, but one area where his tweets and actions have become quite consistent is on the trade front. Immediately on, I think it was January 23rd, after his inauguration, he withdrew from the Trans-Pacific Partnership. The future of NAFTA continues to be perhaps in doubt, and most recently he has threatened extremely high tariffs on imports of steel and aluminum. What do you see as the risk of this strategy? And how is your government approaching its discussions with the United States on this matter? At a national level, we are one of the most effective European countries, together with Germany, the Netherlands, and Sweden. So uh, we have real interest there. At the same time, what we do is to make it clear that the real issue here is not to create further divides between the EU and the US. Rather, it is to face the real challenge we are confronted with, both in Europe and the United States, which is the overproduction of China. This is a serious mm -hmm. issue, a real problem. Further dividing Europe from the US is counterproductive, does not serve the interest of the United States, will run the risk of initiating a retaliation process that is never good for the economy. We're very fortunate these days that after years of recession, both in the EU and the US, we are facing a strong and solid economic growth. We cannot allow geopolitical tensions to cast a cloud on the economic growth. On the contrary, we have to make sure that trade flourishes, that barriers are reduced as much as we can. Is the EU being put in a position where it would have to take action or retaliate if the United States did impose these tariffs? I think that there is an alternative. This is what uh, our business leaders will request. We have been going through this in the past, and that we know that when this happened, this has never been good for the economy.
So we have to do what we can to avoid this scenario. Let's talk again a little bit about the elections from a different perspective. It appears to be little doubt that Russia was very involved in some way with our elections, at least with social media. I've read articles that Russia has been involved in your elections and some of the social media. How concerned are you about, shall we say, the growing influence of Russia? This is a serious issue that all our democracies are confronted with, both in Europe and in the U.S. We know that traditional political campaign now have been followed by a more direct access to social media. And when it comes to social media, there are spoilers who want to increase news which are not necessarily fact-checked. There are those that want to spread fears amongst our public opinion. And Russia has been one of the main players on this. We have seen this happening in a number of European countries. Our authorities are very much aware. They know how to respond. They know how to take the measures. But this is something that is now part of our life. That's why it is important that we increase awareness and we increase education because democracy demands awareness, understanding, and also uh, protection from those want to make us less free and less able to take our decisions. We have time for just one more question in another area where President Trump has been quite outspoken is about the financial contribution that NATO members make to the organization, the 2% benchmark. It's my understanding that Italy has yet to reach that goal, but I also read a fascinating article that appeared in Politico that underscored Italy's involvement in so many military strategic areas of the world. I just read, too, that Italy is the second largest contributor of forces to Iraq. Give us a sense of Italy's military role. Italy is a sort of security provider. We are very much engaged activities overseas. As you were very kindly reminding, we are the second largest contributors of forces in, in Iraq. We have troops in Afghanistan where we're doing a tremendous job in the western part of the country. Mm -hmm. We are traditionally engaged in Balkans and Kosovo. We are patrolling the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, Your Coast Guard. To, yeah, Coast Guard and also the Navy, mm -hmm. both of them. We are part of a NATO military anti-pirates operation in the Indian Ocean. So traditionally, we have been very, very present wherever our collective security is at stake. And this matters. This makes Italy one of the largest contributors. Uh, we're very proud of that because this goes very much at the bulk of our uh, foreign policy, which is to work with our fellow partners and allies, and first and foremost, the United States, to make our world uh, safer. At the same time, we do know that there is a need to increase the European share of mm -hmm. security. We're working consistently to increase that because security cannot be uh, divided. But I think that our American friends are aware of that. And I'm very proud that when Secretary Mattis was recently in Rome, he singled out Italy as one of the strongest ally within NATO. Ambassador Vericchio, thank you so much for being our guest. Let's go meet our members. Thank you again for being on Global IQ Minute. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Global IQ Minute with Jim Falk, a production of the World Affairs Council of Dallas-Fort Worth. Subscribe and rate Global IQ Minute on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite app. For information about a World Affairs Council in your community, visit worldaffairscouncils.org. Global IQ Minute is sponsored by Greenberg Traurig, LLP. 
a global firm with 2,000 attorneys in 38 offices across the globe. Visit the firm at gtlaw.com.